Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant helping artists to collect on their value. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hi, I'm Tanya Oliveira. I work for Transparency Entertainment Group. I focus on World X USA neighboring rights on the performer side and rights holder side. Hi, I'm Sherry Hoffman, CEO and co-founder of Transparency Entertainment Group based in Los Angeles, California. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Money in the Air, the neighboring rights podcast brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. Today, we have a very special guest joining Andrew, Gina, Tanya, and I is Sherry Hoffman. Hi, Sherry. Hi. You're a board member, so obviously I get to see more than these people, but I don't think they have any idea just how glorious you are and what a star you are in neighboring rights. So thank you so much for making the time. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Stacey. It's my pleasure. You're very welcome. But now, hard work, because we're focusing on the differences between the U.S. and the rest of the world. If you had to pick out one big glaring difference, what would it be? The lack of being allowed to get paid performers and producers of music for terrestrial radio here in the United States. And why is it? Why don't you get paid for terrestrial? And why don't you pay the rest of the world for terrestrial? This has been going on for almost 100 years. The National Association of Broadcasters has deep pockets. Their argument that they're providing a service to artists by promoting their music. But as we all know, Terrestrial radio is getting thinner and thinner as digital radio starts becoming larger and larger and being able to use in automobiles. And also they're trying to exploit their smaller stations. But the legislation that I'm about to talk about discusses a little bit that not going to be any harm to the smaller stations that are involved. Andrew, how did it start? So you're both in LA and you know the history. Was it about lobbying power back in the day when royalties were set up? Yeah, as Jerry just mentioned, the broadcasters have deep pockets and they lobbied that it was promotional for artists to get airplay on radio and music compositions being older they had already been set up to pay out public performance by the time sound recordings were recognized as a copyright it was a little bit later in the game so broadcasters had the influence to say that it was promotional material for artists and record labels Recordings didn't get a federal copyright until the 70s. Anything pre-70s was common law copyright, but not the P in the circle, the phonographic copyright. And back in the day, not only did you not get paid for being terrestrial, you paid them if you wanted some play, pride of time, morning drive, afternoon drive. It's about strength and lobbying. Fair or is it? Tanya, isn't that fair? Whoever has the leverage makes the legislation. Just because it was different in the UK, why should we be angry at the US for not paying us? That's a great question. I think it depends on the culture and I guess yeah, the strength of those in power. I suppose with Europe, I mean, the EU and the economic area has been in existence for a long time. So I feel like all the member states had shared interests and there's more power when there's like all these member states banding together and being like, right, this is a good idea. It's going to protect performers. 
I agree with you. And on the other hand, pay performers. So a national treatment. The U.S. is lobbying to be paid the same as everybody, as if they were local. That's a bit cheeky, isn't it? Because we pay terrestrial. So they want to get paid for terrestrial, even though they're never going to pay us for terrestrial. Come on, what's that about? It's the fact that the United States is the largest market of all airplay in the world. And we pay out, just doing an example of what I've seen over the years in payments as a representative of a collective in the United States previously, how much we paid to PPL in digital with very little back in the other markets that we do have reciprocity for. So nowhere else has holds a candle to the amount of airplay that we receive overall and pay out. There you go. Money talks, mm-hmm. always. Are there any other differences? The fact that non-featured performers aren't identified in the data when the money goes from sound exchange to the AFM SAG-AFTRA fund. Yes, that is the way it's passed through. Then the AFM and SAG-AFTRA fund was set up to identify the non-featured performers, which is a huge research task in itself, which is causing a whole backload there of artists that are not getting paid because they can't be identified. Is that going to be fixed? Is that research going to ever be concluded? I certainly hope so. The fund just launched, I mean, this week, a new website. I hope it's more transparent than it's been previously, allowing for artists to be able to identify themselves at not paid. There's an unclaimed list that has millions in it, as far as I've been told. And there's also a list of covered sound recordings that you can check, you can see the lineup. And if you're not on there, you can now claim in a claimed basket that recording and provide evidence that you are on that recording. However, I do not know if that list includes tracks specific that they were unable to find non-featured artists, making them not a paid out recording, but it's still like if somebody comes forward and said, no, I was the, un- I'm the one who's singing in the background. I'm the one who's playing and I happen to be a record producer, but I also have an audible contribution. Those tracks hopefully still appear on the covered sound recording list. I just, it just literally got launched. So I don't know, but I do pray that it's as transparent as it was previously, if not better. So anybody who thinks that they've been played on something that pays neighboring rights royalties in the States as a non-featured performer should go and look up their name. Absolutely. Cool. And alias. Yeah, and every spelling, even if it's wrong. I was going to just say the positive that I find with regards to sound exchanges with regards to producers, which is an area that PPL don't recognise as such if they're entered as a producer, as a contribution. Not necessarily that they've just done a production role. This is where it gets quite complex. So quite often producers have done other things, you know, keyboards, programming, even vocals, anything at all. And yet, because they're listed on the credits as a producer, they may get entered incorrectly on the PPL database and therefore it's not eligible. But with Sound Exchange, if they get a letter of direction signed, and I don't believe everybody knows this because we speak to so many producers that aren't aware of this, if the actual featured artist uh, signs a letter of direction and agrees a set percentage, then that producer is entitled to royalty income from Sound Exchange. Um, they're entitled to income from the featured artist share of what the featured artist would normally get, which is 45%. What I was mentioning also was an particular producer who had an audible contribution and their roles were clearly identified or they have evidence to prove that they had an audible contribution, may be entitled to royalties from the AFM and SAG 
Capture Fund as a non-featured performer. So he or she can get booked. Potentially. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Nowadays, I always advise producers to list the instruments that they have any audible contribution, background vocals, instruments, and get credited as a producer. Also, if there are multiple featured artists within the featured artist share, you have to get LODs from every single one to add up to your true producer royalty percentage. So you could be eligible for both producer royalty pool from via a letter of direction and AFM royalties as a non-feature. I wanted to promote the lobbying of what's going on right now in the United States. Fair play, fair pay. That was introduced along with part of the Music Modernization Act, which did pass. However, that legislation, that was set back in around 2017, was left off the table and went back to the drawing board. New Congress came in and then it came, got reintroduced in 2019 as the AMFM Act, Ask Musicians for Music. That's what the acronyms. On June 24, the Recording Academy worked with Nadler and Blackburn here, who's been doing this legislation all along, to come up with the AMFA, the American Music Fairness Act. That is what is now called. It morphed into that. It's on the table. I, I wanted to give all our audience out there the URL of how you can help and say your piece to your personal congressman. You need a zip code in the United States, but you don't have to be a Recording Academy member. It's not just the Recording Academy. It also includes the Music First Coalition, which is made up of a group of other organizations. But it's getting a lot of a lot of attention right now. Dionne Warwick is up on the Hill on the 24th to lobby for this. I just filed mine to my personal congressman. Dear congressman, for nearly a century, American radio stations have exploited a loophole in the law that has enabled them to broadcast music with out compensating the music makers behind the sound recording. This injustice has allowed major broadcast radio conglomerates to earn billions of dollars annually without a single cent going to the artists, performers, instrumentalists, and producers who make the music. This loophole has left American artists and studio professionals as one of the lone professions in the world where their work can be taken without permission and without compensation. Fortunately, the bipartisan American Music Fairness Act, H.R. 4130, was recently introduced in the House to right this wrong. AMFA establishes a terrestrial performance right for sound recordings and ensures that artists and music makers are fairly compensated when their songs are played on AM, FM radio, just like they are on competing digital, online, and streaming platforms. By establishing a performance right, the bill would also unlock foreign royalties earned but not collected by American creators whose music is played overseas, and AMFA supports true local radio stations with important safeguards that protect small, medium, and nonprofit community broadcasters. And I wanted to give everybody the URL, https forward slash forward slash www.grammy.com forward slash advocacy forward slash act hashtag forward slash 65. You can also go to the Recording Academy's website at grammy.com and you'll be able to find it there. That's brilliant. Thank you. And we'll put that URL on the IFR website in the member section so everyone can go and check themselves in. Fantastic. And get the, get the language for their congressman. That is brilliant. Thank you. So what do we think that means in terms of the rest of the world? Will they now adopt national treatment, do you think, more easily? If this passes, I would certainly guarantee it. It would open up a floodgate of billions of money to be passed into U.S. market, but vice versa. We would be sending out radio airplay for all artists, whether they're based in the United States or all over the world. That would be amazing. Writing an inequity after all these years, really good start. If there's any any counter argument to that, that digital radio is eventually just going to take over AM, FM radio? Well, I don't foresee that happening 
in the next five, 10 years, maybe that will have a shift. And it's still a $15 billion industry for AM FM radio. So it's like, yeah, it's eventually going to phase into digital, but when we're still leaving money on the table or not paying artists and rights holders in the interim. I agree. Cool. And it doesn't matter how long it takes and it doesn't matter how many dollars it is. Fair is fair. Thank you very much. If you have any questions that we haven't answered, please write to us at info at iafar.co.uk and become a member. Then you can email us all the time. Go to ifr.co.uk, hit that join now button. Remember, we want to hear from you and we want to help you. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.